Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Welcome to Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy during this time of shutdown of the live comedy circuit due to coronavirus. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology. And three times a week now on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation, along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies and coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. They're there to support you, and if you'd like to support this podcast, if you're enjoying what we're doing, please go to patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. This is, this is nice. This is nice, you and your garden. Yeah, man. This is, this is my Waco, buddy. <laughs> my David Koresh. I've even got like a cool gate. In front of my door, it's not powered. It's pretty shitty, but it's still a gate. <laughs> like I could be doing, I could be hiding arms and fucking doing lots of, lots of crazy shit behind that the government don't know about. Right, I am recording. I believe now. Okay. So, yeah, here we go. Joining me today on Psychomedy, it's only Tom Stay. Tom, hello. I'm always here, buddy. How you doing, David? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. That's how everybody answers that, eh? I'm always here. Uh, that, it's, it's always weird giving that beginning. Hi, I'm Nathan, and welcome to another episode of Who Gives a Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Today, my guest on Who Gives a Fuck is Tom Stay. Give who, give who Gives a Fuck welcome. <laughs> Well, I give I give a fuck, Tom, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, two weeks ago we tried to do this. Well, we did do this. We had the conversation yep. of both of our lives, and for one reason or another, probably my fuck up, it did not record. So here we here we are again. And um, so now I give a fuck. As long yeah. As, as long as I get a recording out of this, I mean, I don't want to do this over and over again for fucking ever. You know what I mean? It's like uh, two is enough. Two is enough without recording, you know? Totally, Nathan. Totally. <laughs> so, so here we are again, Nathan. In the, <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, come on. This is the greatest time to be a comedian. Best time to be alive. It is. It is. You know, it is. Imagine probably... nothing happening. <laughs> it's just a question if we're allowed to talk about it and not lose our careers. <laughs> Well, you've been talking about it on Twitter, Tom. I've, I've noticed, you know, you are in the past. You've said you don't want to talk about the news, but you've been talking about the news. And yeah, how can, we, how, how can we not talk about the news? You know, there <laughs> yeah, are... <laughs> you'd be a bit strange not talking about the news, just doing some observational stuff about your garden. That's when people are turning off. That's when I sell out arenas, buddy. As soon as I start talking about my garden, then I'm going to get famous. All this other stuff's too damn dangerous. Yeah. We got, we got a lot of things that matter. 
The problem is, you said something the other day on your Twitter, and it was just like, this is non-controversial. You were just saying the shooting of Rayshard Brooks, you know, um, yep. in Atlanta. That looks, at, you said just something like, it looks a bit heavy-handed being shot in the back three times for grabbing someone's taser. And then, of course, people started piling in, you know, disagreeing with you. Obviously, you can't say anything without well, people disagreeing with you. Isn't that the whole fun of Facebook, though? It's chucking out your opinion and, and then having the fun of arguing with people. <laughs> I mean, as long as you don't take yourself too seriously, Facebook's super fun, man. You're like, you're like, like you, you find out if, because some opinions you're really right on and then other opinions you get knocked down on. It's <laughs> like going, damn, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I thought I was super righteous and telling everybody what they wanted to hear. <laughs> I think she was saying, let's wait and see before we all jump on something okay. that we saw on on Facebook. And yeah. in a way, that's kind of she's kind of right in that way. <laughs> but you have too many extremists going on that take it really seriously, you know, yeah. and they want everybody to know where they stand on murder. It's just oh. <laughs> like. like so I'm like, I'm like, if somebody else needs to fight, oh, how can you tell I live near the airport? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you've got such a nice garden. You live, you live at the end of the runway. Oh, we're sending out another load of COVID-19 to Spain. <laughs> That's a Ryanair flight. Could all die. <laughs> Didn't the guy from Ryanair say today? He said you can't catch it on a plane. If only we'd known. If oh, we'd known, we could have, we could have been holidaying before this. You know, <laughs> he's guaranteed that. He said you won't catch it on my plane. Oh, dude, I love the fact that so much. Like nobody knows anything. We're all just guessing, man. It's uh, we we know it's there, but we don't know what to do about it. Just uh, and this is our best thing we've done. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> that's that's how we've handled COVID nineteen with the get the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah, and they're saying they're saying that in shops now. Get the fuck away from me and having distancing in shops. But have you yeah. seen the, have you seen the queues outside the shops? It's like a jamboree outside the shops. It's like it's it's like Glastonbury in the queue. And yeah. But that, once, isn't that isn't that a British person's wet dream to be able to queue up in an orderly fashion to get up into an ASDA? <laughs> Come on, man! Like, the the British love a good queue, and this is this is their final conquest. Now we got to line up to get into Tesco's. Awesome! <laughs> I can't wait to see somebody who buds in front of the line. I'll kill him. <laughs> oh, man. So I can't remember anything we were talking about last time. And and I mean, th things go out of date so quickly. Dude. Like, I think we were talking about, I think we were talking about the controversy about going to the beach. Like, you can't talk about anything now without the next day seeming like yesterday's news. That's the problem. Well, it's definitely going to be a challenge, Nathan, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's totally going to be a challenge out there because you know, when you, you've got, when I saw, what was it? The, oh, God, the Monty Python one. Yeah, yeah. And the Little Britain one. And, and you're watching all these dudes 
come out and say that they're sorry and all that sort of stuff. But you're yeah. like going, are you really? If you're really sorry, why don't you give the money back? <laughs> you're kind of like a slave trader in that way. Yeah, we did it, but we're keeping the money. <laughs> you guys are just so awesome. They said sorry, but carried on being rich. That's cool. Just made money off the back of hurting people. No worries. Yeah, yeah. That's that. But I'm I'm sitting there going, uh, I I don't know if if those things were to be banned or not because I'm under the thing. Once you ban one thing, you know yeah. where it's gonna. There's not gonna be an end because there's uh, my buddy Ron Vaudry always said it. There's there's not a victimless joke. You know yeah. what I mean? There's 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 always got to be a victim in a joke, but not mean like. Yeah. But just observational like you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, look, I met this idiot today. He did this. I laughed at him. But now we're maybe maybe idiots will have rights too. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a it's just I mean, that's that that's a scary time for comedy when they're banning everything with I mean, the 40 Towers thing was just put back up, but that they are they have taken off Little Britain and they're apologizing and they took off League of Gentlemen, didn't they? They're apologizing. I think they're I think they may be going for the wrong thing first up in this uh, attack on racism. I mean, like Spike Lee was talking about um, racism as the like global pandemic before Corona. The equivalent of Corona would be like banning any TV program that has a sneeze in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, man. <laughs> it's like they're going for the wrong thing right at the top, you know, to be to be angry about, which is little Britain, you know, with racism. It's just like. Let, let, let's 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 go for people's um, opinions and the, the way that they're wired and they're hardwired through centuries before we start attacking David Williams. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Let's pull down a couple statues and shit before we get into, hey, telling people what they can watch and what they can't watch. That, yeah. That's that's always been a thing like like if something's shit and that nobody watches it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if something's good or controversial that they get to have an opinion on, that's fun to watch, man. Right. So, yeah, uh, I mean, the, they can sit there and ban whatever. But in, in the end, it's it, they always go, you know, when you tell a joke, it might you know, you got to risk it. The audience may not like it. But yeah. You got to risk it to find out if they like it or not. And if they don't, they'll, they'll just boo you. It's, it has nothing <laughs> to do with being politically incorrect. It's just a bad joke because there's lots of great jokes that are politically incorrect that are awesome. You know what I mean? Because they're taken that way. They know it's all in fun, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's a worrying time for comedy generally, but mainly just because when the hell are we going to get back on stage? We'll be the last people back at work, right? Yeah, I think that that's the case. And a lot of people and a lot of people are, aren't going to be back at work because when they do open up, it's like the same when Jonglers shut down. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like when Jonglers shut down, like you lost half the commu comedy community. It was pretty much wiped out, man. You took yeah. away so much work for people. And, and so only the top whatever percent, you know, got the gigs. And then the, yeah. the, you, the, net, the, the rest were relegated back to real jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like comedy's become like premiership football. <laughs> you know, every time there's something fucked up that happens, we lose 20% of us. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's gonna and it's gonna be weird, man. But 
you know what I did like about it? it? It forced a lot of people to do different kind of gigs, man, to explore different kinds of funny, like uh, like having shows on Zoom. What's it like watching a comedian in your living room or or these yeah. new dr- drive-in ones? You know what I mean? Like they, it, it forces people to do different things, which will probably improve their skills when they get on stage, man. Yeah, I saw something on your Twitter the other day that you were excited by the gig that you'd done. Was that for, like, the stand or somewhere? You, you were you excited about an online gig anyway, which is great, you know? Yeah, it was. I was terrified because, first of all, it felt, it, because you're doing the, the Zoom gig, mm. it, it's not it's not the same gig. Like you're ta- It's like taking a, a little piece of what you do, but throwing it into something so new that it scares the fuck out of you, man. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. It's like you're like a, I'm like a heavyweight championship boxer and I'm putting my title on a line to an <laughs> opponent I've never even studied before. <laughs> and I could look like I'm a piece of shit comedian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but that was the exhilaration of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then you were done and you realized, ah, that was all in your head. There was only 30 people watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Tony Law was saying on this that that uh, you can only lose fans by doing these gigs. So you've got to um, welcome got to, to a work pussy it. attitude. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know yeah. Tony was such a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've got to work out a way to do them because I know what he means. It's like you've got to. It's like doing your first gig again, isn't it? Or almost your first. It gig. is it's like, like doing your first gig again. Yeah. It yeah. was terrifying, man. Well, like Mason tested. was going, Dad, are you shaking? Yeah. And I'm like, fucking right, say so yeah, man. <laughs> Like and and then because I was on last, you know, and I watched everybody else do good, that doesn't help. Yeah. You know, <laughs> great. <laughs> like so what, now what, I'm even more terrified. <laughs> and then but then once you get into it, what was your it, tactic? Were you delivering the stuff down the barrel? Were you just delivering it down the barrel? Like yeah, no man, pauses. And, just and yeah, I saw different people on the screen that you could go. Hey Nathan and Gail or whatever, and yeah. and then they could talk to you. You know what I mean? So it was a different, it was a different kind of asking questions. Like, what do you do? You don't go, what do you do for a living? Or yeah. what did you do for a living <laughs> yeah. before your job was made non-essential? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, so so it gave you it it just it was. It, it, it just gave you an exhilarating rush to do something different. And that was the, that's, that's something that, that I hadn't experienced in a long time because, you know, most of us are just trying to maintain status quo or get to be famous or whatever your stupid ass goals are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but that one was just, yeah, that one was crazy fun, man. Yeah. Terrifying yeah. and fun. Yeah. It was obvious your it was obvious your excitement from Twitter. I mean, obviously you've missed and we all miss the buzz. How how's how's your head been for the last like three or four months? How's it how's it been without okay, comedy? I'm gonna be honest with you, Nathan. I'm gonna be yeah. totally honest with you. Mm. Because I've been gigging, okay, and a lot of comedians will say this. Like I'm not alone on this. Mm. I think because I've been gigging since I've been 19 years old, you know what I mean? Like I, I really think I probably perform more than the Rolling Stones have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like just gig wise, you know, not numbers of people, but gig wise, because I've been going pretty much every weekend since nine, since 1989. Yeah. Uh, I've never taken off this much time before, man. 
Yeah. And and it really fucks with your head, you know, because you're sitting there going, well, why the why did I work so fucking hard all the time? And because all the places that you would go to are shut down. So now I haven't been going to them and I've been saving money. I've actually, you know, I've, I've been with my family more than I have been with my whole life. Like, again, so there's all these really bonus factors to this. And you're like going, it made you reevaluate yourself as a comedian. Yeah. Because, because now I've forgotten how to do it. It might mean that you become a little more authentic when you get back. Because uh-huh. you don't know what you're doing and you're so rusty at it that you can't be that caricature of yourself that you play every fucking night because you think you're famous, you know? Yeah. And you'll be doing, I guess, lots of different stuff when you get back, you know? Well, we hope. This is the thing. If I know my comedians right, they probably haven't written a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be coming like back every, with that. All the audience members said comedians are probably writing jokes. I'm going, nope, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're totally not. They're sitting there getting high. <laughs> so it, so, so it, I'm saving so much money on travel right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you, you don't realize not working at all as a comedian, the bank balance just goes up and up, doesn't it? It's I amazing. know that's weird. Right? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so I really only did need 200 pounds a month to live. Yeah. Maybe I have a drug problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So funny, man. <laughs> But you've been I, I think I think it'll be interesting going back, man, to see how everybody handles it for sure. Yeah, you yeah. know, like I mean, there's, you know, I, I we're we're already watching the first of them come back with your Dave Chappelle's and all that sort of stuff coming out, and that was a whole different kind of comedy. But yeah. I've been watching other comedians like Mark Norman. I saw his ten minutes set, uh, and I felt more akin to him than I did Dave Chappelle. Because yeah. he, he was up there and he had his notebook like he was an amateur again, trying out all these COVID-19 jokes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good, man. I was really impressed with him, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, and it's and it's fun because it's it, it sort of you're sort of watching somebody else go into battle before you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah. not that hard. OK, cool, man. Yeah, Dave Chappelle as well. He had a notebook as well. And he was kind of, he took the first couple of minutes just to get into it. It's like, as you say, it's going to take, it's going to take a while to get into it. Even the greats, like yourself, yeah. Tom. Like, oh, it's, like yourself, Tom. The it's greats. Gonna... That's so funny. <laughs> the only reason you're famous is because you lucked out. You were on the right TV show at the right time. Doesn't mean you're the best, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like because, like, most, most audience members, you'll know this. You'll know this. Most audience members, if you ask them who their favorite comedians, they'll only name the ones that they've seen on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. But because we're in the trenches, we know who should have been famous, who yeah. isn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And who's famous, who shouldn't have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's, list, let's list those now. That'll be fun. Oh, <laughs> I don't need enemies, man. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Joining me next week. Um, 
<laughs> so you say you've been all right then you haven't been struggling too much you've been so you haven't taken a break since you were 19 I mean, is there is there a reason for that that you haven't taken a break just because i always felt that the younger generation is going to catch up on me yeah when yeah. i was young i i was the guy chasing the old dudes you know what i mean yeah trying to blow them off the stage dude as much as you want to think it's a camaraderie you know, you've everybody who gets into this business has dreams to be a big star. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And as much as you can be friends and everything, you're still in that competition. Do you know what I mean? And it's good competition because you it, it forces you to be the best you can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was very aware of all the older guys that I was wiping out on how their attitude was towards comedy. They thought they deserve to be there because they wrote a great 20 minutes, you know what I mean? Or a great hour. Yeah. And, and it was their downfall, man. So for me, I'm always, I'm always looking over my shoulder and, and uh, it, it gets harder because the older you get, you're not going out to the bars and knowing all the lingo and all that sort of talking about my generation. <laughs> Who's this old guy in this new comedy bar? You sure you're supposed to be here, old timer? You know, so so to be able to sit back and not have to worry about that pressure has been awesome, man. Yeah, nice, that's one nice. of the that's one of the things. And but I don't have, and then when I say the younger generation, I I really mean that. I love them dearly because they do keep me on my toes, man. Mm. And they're and they're also better than a lot of us, man. The newer comedians coming up are killer, man. They're fucking dynamite dude yeah yeah and they should be because every you learn from the generation before you and you add to it and you call us on our bullshit you know what i mean yeah yeah It's it's just weird because i still feel young but i know when people look at me i'm the older guy now so it's 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 awesome and still uh i can't fit into this skin for some reason yeah yeah but you've been enjoying your time with your family, you say. You look like you've got like a beautiful, you know, you put online sometimes that you and your wife are psychopaths or whatever, but you just come across as so lovely. You look like you're just having a we lovely are. time. And, and, we're, uh, proper, we're proper lovely. Every, the, what's yeah. on Facebook is real, except for the few drunk scraps we have out in the middle of the street. <laughs> ah, liquor will do that to you, huh? <laughs> what are you going to do? It's the price of partying with somebody who knows you too well. <laughs> a little bit of hate always bubbles up when the whiskey goes down. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. You do. You're a lovely guy. You're lovely, and that does that doesn't quite fit in with you as a comedian. How do you how do you think you're wired? As what a do comedian? you mean by what, that, Nathan? What well, you like a, a great comedian like yourself. Where's your? How are you wired, Tom? You know what I mean? Like a lot of a lot of comedians are wired differently from the nice caring compassionate guy that i know you are you know what i mean it's like there's been studies where comedians share the psychology with psychopaths and you put on your twitter and stuff that you've been been a psychopath in the past but i don't believe that you're just too much of a lovely guy how are you uh well no because i'm also a scoundrel nathan okay i'm a gambling drunk um stoned kind of dude man that's been my life i like the only thing that i love about this is that is my lifestyle but that also adds to charisma man yeah yeah because that's what everybody is but i am nice i'm nice to everybody i've ever met man because every time i look at somebody nathan here Mm. here's here's one of my big rules every time i look at somebody 
I look through their eyes and I ask myself, what does this person want from me? And very rarely do they want conflict or anything. And if I'm a young comedian looking at an old guy, what do I want to hear from this old guy? Well, if I was him, I'd want to hear advice from me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I do for most people, you know, because I've never really cared for fame that much. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I just I just keep going out and fucking until I can't do this no more, then we're going to keep doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful, man. But and, you uh... know what I mean by that? And that's why I think I got a lot of friends out there is because even even the younger guys, they take them on tour with me all the time. People that probably should never uh, I've never been on a big stage do you know what i mean like in a yeah. theater and shit and i'll bring these young kids out with me just so they get the experience and they feel it for the first time and then they get confidence and they, they go back into the circuit and they're just a little bit better because no, you gave them that chance right that's beautiful man that's beautiful why isn't everyone like you tom that's the problem with the world there's no understanding no compassion that's the cause of all of these problems and um it's just the way i fear it's the way people are wired you know you say you you know you're, you're getting drunk and stoned but the way you're wired is fundamentally good and that's what makes me pessimistic about the world that i think some people are wired a lot of people a huge percentage of the world is fundamentally wired badly and it, it's, it's going to take a lot to unwire it's going to take a lot of work through therapy and everything else to unwire these problems in people's heads. You nah, know? but you can't, man, because they're, they're, it, it, when you're looking at people, it all depends how they grew up. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really weird, man. Some people are like, some people oh, yeah. come from really fucking horrible places, man. That oh, of course, nature and nurture. But... Either assholes or the nicest people you ever met and all that sort of stuff. So. So, you, you know, it's you got to you got to really go George Carlin on it. Mm. If you're going to be a proper comedian, you, you can't really take a side. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You can have an opinion, but you can't take a side. You got to watch this freak show happen in front of you. And yeah. if you're a really great comedian, you can see what's going on right in front of your face instead of stretching to try and write a joke. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and it's the people that can see what's going on right in front of their faces that turn out to be the most dynamite comedians ever. And then there's other people that are sitting there going, "What can I write about popcorn makers? <laughs> Let's make popcorn makers funny." <laughs> I just got a popcorn maker. Can we put Amazon in there somewhere so I can look like I'm making a statement? <laughs> Do you think there's seriously going to be less of that comedy, though? Will audiences be laughing at, as hard at the popcorn maker stuff? Or will they, will they be thinking, where's your state of the world stuff? Where's your racism stuff? Where's your why are you talking about popcorn makers after what we've been through for six months? You know, I don't know. I think it all depends on the comedian that you want to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like everybody goes, this is a real thing. OK, everybody goes to me after shows. They go, why? Why aren't you playing arenas and stuff like that? And for whatever reason, you know what I mean? I, the, I'm still subscribed. Tell God your plan and I'll laugh at you, whatever that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I just sort of always go with the flow. But there's different kinds of comedians out there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And and they're no better or no worse than others. Like everybody gets on Michael's case, Mr. McIntyre, but yeah. he's so. What other comedian are you gonna watch where your grandma and your grandson and the whole family can sit around and enjoy a comedian without being challenged? Do you know what yeah. I mean? 
There yeah. has to be those comedians because I love those comedians. The mm. first time me and Trudy came here, I was in, I'd never heard of Lee Evans. Okay. And we accidentally watched one of his shows, the one where he's running around and uh, he pre he's pretending to be the baggage <laughs> and the carousel. Yeah, I yeah. was crying with laughter. I was dying. It was so funny. And it may not be the kind of humor that I do, but I appreciate it for what it is, man. Yeah. And the need yeah. for it. You know, it doesn't need to be, I don't have to be pitted against it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's its own entity. And, it, yeah. and it's beautiful that it's out there. You yeah. know, and then and then you got, you know, fucking then you got this shit that I'm trying to do. Find the darkness in my heart so I can laugh at it. <laughs> so I don't put this bullet in my face. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be uh, there's going to be room for everyone, of course, but just less room, far less room for everyone when we come back from this. There's going to be. Yeah, room for and, and it'll be the older guys that'll take the hit, man. Yeah, you know, well, I well, not you, will, Tom, man. not you. Huh? Not you. Of course not you. No, I'll be in the top percent of the older fucks. <laughs> but but yeah, all these I, I love all these. We we watched we last night I watched with Mason and his girlfriend, the Pete Davidson one. Oh yeah, yeah. And I thought fucking what a that was one of the best stand ups I'd seen in a long, long fucking time. Mm. Like proper my wavelengths. Young stoner guy. Yeah. Saying it like it is and laughing at his predicament, man. Because we all get in the the we all really get into the danger of taking ourselves seriously. And then when you watch a guy like Pete, who's had all that shit happen to him, yeah. and still feel like you can relate to him, was an amazing was an amazing set to me. I I, I ranked that up as one of the best I've seen. Yeah, beautiful. You know, beautiful. but it's inspiring, man. Yeah, nice, it, nice. It reminds you, it, it so reminds you, you know, you got to stop being that caricature of yourself, man, and get back to what that was, what, what he's got. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're inspiring, Tom, to me. Damn Thank right you. I am, Nathan. You're so... <laughs> What a lovely guy. What a brilliant comedian. There is there is no other comedian that would have come on twice when the first one wasn't recorded. Every <laughs> other comedian would have just told me to fuck off. <laughs> well, that shows you, huh? That shows how nice that's the, the you fight are. you're that's the fight you're going in, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. But oh, dear. It makes me laugh. Makes me fucking laugh. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Tom, let's call it quits while we're ahead. Uh, I, think I've yeah. I think I've recorded this one. You're a beautiful man. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the world? No, uh, no man. Just, just, just fucking let's. I can't wait to see. You know what? I can't wait to see how comedians turn something so serious into something so funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to see. Uh, the the comedy community bang up on this man. It, I think there's going to be some really great comedians coming up with some really great shit, man. So uh, yeah, fucking, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about what's going to happen. A little terrified, but whatever. Fucking, so is yeah. life, man. Beautiful. Well, I'm excited about seeing you more than anyone, dude. Thank you so much for joining me again. Cheers, guys. Awesome. Lots of love. Keep well. The absolutely incredible Tom stayed there. He is one of our greatest. 
He's got a special on Next Up, nextupcomedy.com, but check him out everywhere. So that was our show for today, our 101st. Thank you so much for all the love for our 100th episode this week. Join us again on Saturday. We're going to run Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays for a couple more weeks, I think, ending these episodes on Saturday the 4th of July. So there's seven more of these to go. We're going to do some specials during July and then we're going to revert back to our weekly shows in August. Please listen back on all the daily shows, all the main shows. Please give us a five-star review. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk. There are mental health tips there from our counselling partner professionals at ThreadUp who are offering free check-ins at this time. Thanks so much. I'm Nathan Cassidy. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy, stay optimistic. Tune back in for more Psychomedy on Saturday. Pod people.